Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for garage guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders $30 or more. And use promo code garage guys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about promo code garage guys to save you $10 on any $40 plus dine in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the garage guys NASCAR podcast. It's the garage guys NASCAR podcast. The crayon 301 is complete. Martin Truex jr. Got his first lobster at the magic mile. In the NASCAR Cup Series, we're going to unpack that race and things that happened. We're going to talk a little Xfinity. And, of course, the talk of the town right now, Thursday Night Thunder, SRX. We'll give a little brief statements on what we thought about that last Thursday night on ESPN and what to look forward to. And, of course, we got to give you some early lines that have dropped on the sports books for the high point.com 400 at Pocono Raceway this weekend. The tricky triangle, Dale. We are we are back to triangles. How are you feeling about three-sided shapes? Well, I just went out and uh tested a lot on iRacing. I ran uh ran the Xfinity car, I ran the trucks, I ran the Gen 4. Interesting track, pretty difficult. I had uh one race go well, the other two races went terribly. So take that for what it's worth. You know, I tested it out for the drivers ahead of time. You're welcome. But I, um, it's always a fun weekend with them consolidating Pocono into one event per year. Used to be two a year, but now we get a, you know, we get a big triple headed weekend with trucks and Xfinity on the same day. And then we get cup on Sunday. And we, like you said, we got uh, SRX back at the same racetrack at uh, Stafford. So it's going to be another really fun racing weekend ahead. I think Netflix is back with Formula One. Yeah. Um, so good for them. And then I don't think in, I think IndyCar is off this week, but it's regardless. You know, we recap New Hampshire. New Hampshire is New Hampshire, and then uh, we're set up for another really fun race weekend. Yeah, I love it. Let's. Uh, I think a good starting place would be uh, just to. Uh, start off with SRX really. I mean, it was the first event of the week in racing and I just want to be the first to say it is damn good to see race cars that are not open wheel race cars on ESPN again. Uh, they knocked this thing out of the park and I know that you have some thoughts on everything that was SRX, but for the first time, I think in a very long time, I got the nostalgic chills, dude. I got them heavily, and I'm sure you did as well, when that intro jumped on with ESPN. Like, from the moment the broadcast started, it was almost surreal, right? Like, it was it was like, oh, shit, this is on ESPN. This looks like it should be on MAV-TV. What's happening right now? And then the presentation starts. The intro comes in with the retro Thursday Night Thunder, the kid on the couch with the the dad and and the scenes of old, scenes of new. It it just 
it, on that front, it's everything I could have asked it to be. And then we got some good racing out of it as well. Unfortunately, got rained out. But uh, congrats to Denny Hamlin on winning the first SRX race in 2023. But Dale, you've uh, you you've been watching racing for a long time as well. What what did what happened uh, to you the moment that that intro kicked off? Yeah, it was. I mean, you said it pretty well. The nostalgia factor, and that's what they need to play it upon, right? Like that was a big part of ESPN in the early nineties. And it's where several of our sports biggest stars came from. And Tony Stewart talks about that. You know, he, he kind of spearheaded or helped spearhead this idea. And um, there's a lot of pros and there's some cons to it as well, but the presentation is great. Uh, the racing was also good. Um, bringing more stars over is good. It seems like we're adding more and more star power to the rosters each each week so that's another pro i think the broadcast was good getting joey logano on there i think is a, is a dub because we we've talked about how he has become one of the better driver analysts when he's been doing the xfinity series races like he's very very well spoken he's high energy and i think he does a really good job of explaining things and you put him alongside alan beswick one of the goats who once again did a phenomenal job as he always has and always will. Um, you know, it, the nostalgia factor is huge, but there is more, like you said, past and present uh, when we talk about the SRX back in 2023, the cons, there were some technical difficulties with the broadcast that I think, you know, just kinks, they can get out one notable one at the end of the race. When they tried to interview Denny Hamlin, you literally could not hear a thing that he said because the mic was so muffled. Joey Logano made that a funny moment. Um, but the bigger con in, in all this is the viewership was bad. The viewership was not good. I mean, I, I don't know what it was, 900,000 or no, was it 300,000? It was a low number relative to primetime sporting events. But some people pointed out that that Thursday night time slot at this time of the year is just a bad time slot for overall viewership because you have nothing else. You just have nothing going on. Uh, I mean, you got the WNBA, you got Major League Baseball that plays 8 billion games a year. People don't care about sports around this time because they're salivating for football to come back. So that's notable in, in at least um, kind of reversing the, the con that is low viewership. But all in all, exciting. It was good racing. I just wish we could catch a fucking break with rain in stock car racing it's been unbelievable um and i will say real quick just to follow up of how i opened the pod indycar is racing it's nash or not nashville it's iowa the iowa double headers this weekend for indycar yeah. we were there last year and that was really fun we won't be there this year but that's a really really strong event that they they put together so dude you literally talking about betting real quick you could put together a six leg motorsports parlay with six different racing series this weekend how crazy is that i love it i want six three i mean literally six you got all three nascar series running you got indycar formula one and srx holy fuck dude 
it sounds like the perfect time to get to the casino and do that that idea that we always had right like we always taught you you should say you wanted to go do the greatest weekend in motorsports uh you know bet parlay you know the indy five the coke six the monaco yep this is this is double that right here this weekend is this it's is it probably well i don't know we might have a couple weekends of this this summer no it's it's not the greatest but I don't know if I've ever seen a time and maybe we had this last year, but SRX was definitely not as well, well kept up with on the sports books, but they've done a really good job in the first week, two weeks, Caesars in particular, making sure SRX is labeled early and often. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, oh my God, a six, six upper six bets. From six different series, you could put them together. You're probably gonna have to wait till Wednesday or maybe Thursday because uh, IndyCar trucks and Xfinity odds have not been posted on most books. So, but I mean, regardless, great, great fun ahead. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I'm definitely gonna look into dabbling into that six legger this weekend. I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about that on Dale Center uh, Thursday night as well. And from there. I mean, with us kind of saying what we said about SRX, I'm excited to see what they put down at Stafford. I'm excited to get some more betting action going and just covering the series and uh, and, and seeing where it goes from here. Hopefully the viewership will get back up. But uh, one guy that had no problem with viewership this weekend was Martin Truex Jr. because he just saw the front the entire time. Dominated at New Hampshire first time winning that race it was it was almost like a story that was too good to be true but then we remembered it was monday and we all know that mondays are for martin and it it proves that it it held strong um you know that this is real this is really happening now um he's got what is that does that make two regular season wins and the clash so this technically his second win of the season third win of the year uh it, this is a uh th- this is a moment and and some people were obviously asking dale did, did the house arrest uh ankle bracelet come off um i don't know whatever i i really don't care <laughs> because and by the way no he's won three races and okay. plus the clash but no i think i don't care because I, i'm i'm real zoned in on daniel hemrick in prison right. So I'm kind of just like, uh, until he does something like he's, he's free to, he's free to go. I mean, he's, and this one's my fault. Like, uh, if, if there is any way for Martin to get on my bad side, I will blame myself in this spot because I told the discord this, and I think I mentioned it in one of my iRacing streams. I literally was staring. I was standing at the kiosk at the IP casino resort in Biloxi, uh, Fandle kiosks are really good there. And one thing that's really cool about it, it's difficult and, and a pain in the ass living in a state where you can't bet legally at your house. Um, so you have to go, I either have to go to Louisiana to use apps or I can go to the casinos, which is a lot closer and use what they have. Mm. So the, the kiosk at the Fandle kiosk are great. Fantastic. And I will say the one pro about it is you don't hit the limits that you would on your personalized account on a Caesar Sportsbook or a FanDuel or a DraftKings, they have set limits that don't, at least from what I've seen, don't change. 
So you don't get limited really badly uh, on the kiosk, which is nice. That's a different conversation for another time. Uh, but I was standing in front of the kiosk and I literally was staring at a Martin Truex plus 450 ticket. I, I, did, I decided I wasn't betting on Bell. I think Truex had the better car. And uh, when I was putting in my Larson bet at 16 to 1, I was like, I need to bet Truex. And I literally stared at it. I'm talking 10, 15 minutes of me playing around with money in there, typing different amounts, ready to pull the trigger. And I just stared at it. And I was like, you know what? Nah, it's not going to happen. I think he's cursed. I went with this juju that Truex has been so good here, so good here, so good here, and just gives races away, can't get it done. And like you said, what did you open up with? Seemed like it was too good to be true. That's kind of the narrative I was going with. It's and what uh, it's just didn't pull the trigger. Forever. We've seen it his whole career. This is the first time he's won at this track. So it was easy to miss out. Like, if anything, I was I was wanting to bet on Chris Bell. But when he opened up where he opened, I was like, no. And then still, my dumb ass sees him, his odds drop, and I'm just got my tongue hanging out of my mouth like, oh, it's time to bet Chris Bell. And then Adam Stevens and the boys shit the bed because they're not letting Chris run dirt, and it's fucking with him. And, and I'm here. Well, I remember the one thing we said on the pod. I think I said it on the I said it somewhere. It may not have been on the pod or if it was a, li- a random live stream. Um, I I said I, I don't I don't want to bet plus 450 because I'm worried about his pit crew. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God, they totally fucked him over and over and over again until he yeah. finally he finally just pushed too hard at the end of that race and fucked himself. But. Yeah, the pit crew is a big problem, you know, and I, I would have been fine with a Seabell win because I have that over one and a half wins ticket that I did at the beginning of the year. So mm-hmm. you know, I was kind of thinking that too. I was like, okay, well, Seabell wins, I cash that and it helps my day, which my day wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good. Shout out to Brad K for saving my ass with the top five, but um, shout out to Sammy Smith and uh, John Hunter Nemechek, the Gibbs boys and Xfinity for making my weekend positive. Yeah, so, there, there wasn't a lot like a lot. There's not really a lot more to talk about in this New Hampshire race. Uh, you know, they had they had some decent battles towards the back of the pack, but like if you got the lead, you were gone. Martin held that down. They made sure it worked out. There was like some words between like Michael McDowell and Ryan Priest towards the end of, of the race, but it didn't really transpire in anything. For the most part, it was pretty boring. It was a pretty. You know, I got a, Well, you had some choice. You had a choice tweet about Almirola. Dude, yeah, you really think he deserves that much hate? I gotta ask you about that. Like, man, I mean, it's just he should have retired, dude. I mean, like, but he went out and beat Kyle Larson and AJ Allmendinger at Sonoma in a Ryan C car. He did, he did that, you know. And I don't always watch Xfinity like I should, and I'm the first to admit it. You know, I'm I'm not not too prideful to admit that, but I will say that's an Xfinity car. This is Cup car. He should have retired and so i just listed uh some things that retired people do and you know maybe maybe he'll think about it again well and also i think he had a car so towards the end of that race blaney was the the guy that started running truex down and i think had a formidable shot to compete with him if he had gotten the chance in one of those late race restarts but pit crew messed up and he went to the back after running over an air hose but almirola I mean, it wasn't his fault that he crashed. Fucking oh, loose wheel. 
What is it with Ryan Blaney and his pit crew and fucking air hoses, dude? I, I remember it. Didn't that happen at Homestead? He got fucked yeah, I think with so. the air hose. Like, like, who's running that air hose on the 12 team, man? Like, he needs to have a pep talk. Whoever that I don't is. know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that look, Blaney, Blaney had a car that I think was the only car that could have competed other than Almirola. Because Almirola was running second most of that race to Truex and hung with him. Uh, well, I, I don't want to say hung with him because he had about a four-second deficit, I think, a couple times. But that sucks for Almirola, man. He was uh, in a good spot. He literally was leading the race and had that loose wheel, you know. So yeah. that sucks. But I, That's uh, I saw that tweet. It's typical. I would tweet something like that if I had bet on him and that happened, right? Because it's like, no, this is about me being mad. This isn't about anything reasonable. This is about me being angry and saying, fuck you. You should have retired because now I'm broke. <laughs> That's like a narrative that I would tweet something like that. The way that I was, when you did it, I was like, whoa. Well, you, you have to understand, too, that there was some context to it, right? Like, so obviously I was on playback, and if you are a, a true listener of this podcast, you listen every week, there's no reason you shouldn't be coming to check out what's going down over there with us on playback. It's playback.tv slash garage, guys. We're live streaming races. You can hang out with us while we watch a race, sweat bets. It's a great time. We got on a conversation in the chat about Amarola, like we were just like all just kind of like you know like just dog shitting on him. Like I mean, it's just kind of like he he's but kind of like the in a weird way like the 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 fun punching bag. Uh, I would say over the last three years for me, it's just bacon boy. Just like it, it's a lot of just emasculating things going down with Eric Amarola. I just don't feel like he's got he's got the fire in him that he needs, and he's just kind of there. And he's just kind of, you know, like he'll he'll get he'll he'll surprise you every now and then, like he'll be like, oh, look at me, but then it just ends terribly. So, the some of the guys in the chat started just like, I was like, what what should Eric Amarola be doing today? I was like, let's think of all the things that he could be doing other than racing when he retired, when he should have stayed retired. And like we just started spitballing. So a lot of those that you saw in that tweet were things from like multiple people in the chat that I was like, I'm going to tweet this, guys. I'm going to compile this. I'm going to tweet it. We're going to make it data. We're going to put it out there. So Got it. that makes sense. Whether I mean, he saw it or not, funny. I don't care. No, no, no. I, I think it, I, I do think it's funny if you like got to have a sense of humor about it. You remember I just, that I just have a guy. He's a guy that like was going to give away a PS5 and then like like didn't do he didn't give it away. You remember that shit? I thought he was. I thought he he got hacked, and it was one of those scams. Remember that scam that was going around? Big Cat still, Barcelona Big Cat still tweets that, like giving away the PS5 thing as a yeah. like as a joke. I'm glad that, that I, I know that that's hacked. a joke now. I really do feel like I thought that like I see those on my timeline sometimes. I never enter them. Dude, you're on Twitter enough. You should fucking know that by now. I see that, and I'm just like, well, obviously this dude's just giving away PS5s, dude. So I guess now that I know that that's a meme. Yeah, yeah. which it's it's kind of fizzled. Like I think, <laughs> I think Big Cat, and I don't know the last time he did it, but when it, when it, when, I, when I was still seeing it, Big Cat was the only one still doing it, and I, I still thought it was hilarious. But I kind of think everything he does is fucking funny. Yeah. Um. But no, I think um, and it's kind of weird how Almiral, which. Stuart Haas was good. That was one thing we talked about on the first pod was we thought Stuart Haas would be good. Uh, Ryan Priest was a big disappointment because I had money on him, but he did get fenced by McDowell, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what point of the race that happened at. Because um, I remember, well, I remember looking up and Priest, because I had Priest over Busher. That was one of my favorite plays of the weekend. Because mm-hmm. um, Busher has been terrible here. And I thought Stuart Haas would be good. And I looked up and Priest is a lap down. I was like, what happened? And then after the race, I saw he got put in the wall by McDowell, which is why they had the confrontation. It was a big nothing burger, it seems like. But you just need um, a moment to talk about it, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dude. That's all it was. Yeah, maybe hand him a pamphlet, you know. Yeah, he stole it from the show. Probably. No, no, but I bet Michael, I bet McDowell just makes his own. Yeah, he put he probably he, makes his own. Every loves, like he hides him in a secret compartment at loves. Like you have to know exactly where to go in the loves bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> the the shower the truck stop showers. Yeah. Yeah. They're just there. But I think um, you know, shout out to Chase Briscoe. It's been a terrible year. Um, literally been getting just junk race cars, it seems like every week, and he gets a top ten. Um, on the theme of Stuart Haas, Al Marola had a winning contending car. Kevin Harvick had a top five car. So, I mean, we were right on the Stuart Haas thing. It just sucks that none of my bets played out to be correct regarding any SHR guys, but that is what it is. Uh, shout out to Austin Dillon, another friend of the program, another guy that's had a really, really bad year. Mm-hmm. Gets a top 10 there. So, I think um, still the theme was uh, Toyota, right? I mean, Toyota... Put four guys in the top ten between twenty three eleven and and Gibbs. C Bell was another guy that had a top three car, but wrecked himself. And then uh, Kyle Larson and Joey Logano just kind of snuck their way up there. I mean, I, I didn't expect Joey to be a second place car, and I don't think he was a second place car, but just took advantage of opportunity. At the end of the day, all overshadowed by Jurex, you know, his dominance just really, really snuck up the show. I'm just so fucking mad at myself. We sit here and talk about Mondays are for Martin, Mondays are for Martin, Mondays are for Martin. And didn't even didn't even do it. Didn't even fucking do it. I didn't either, man. And I mean, like, I knew there was a certain point. I was just watching the live odds. Like I had my odds up and I was really late at putting all of my bets up this week because I literally like I had the ones that I did for Dale Center and that was it. And then I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to live bet. And I was just waiting for Truex to just have something. Dude, that's the thing. I knew, too, like, if I didn't bet on Truex pre-race, I just I had a feeling the books were just not going to budge on him if he got out in front early. I mean, he when he fell back to, like, fifth on a restart or something, but just because of a tire deal or a strategy deal um, with some guys taking two tires and him taking four, the book still, I was looking. It was he was like minus one ten or like wouldn't plus budge, or dude. even money. Wouldn't budge, dude. They were fucking strict, man. Like I do, and I fucking missed so bad. Like so, my two live bets I had. I took a live bet on Tyler Reddick, and then he shit. And then fucking, I took the live bet on C Bell. I said fuck it. I said I'm going in, and I saw where like Nick Geffen had like took the C Bell bet, and I was like, it's now or never, dude. I was like, you gotta go. Like when this motherfucker tweets out, like it's gonna move probably. So, was, oh yeah, I kind of got that uh, persuasion or that uh, peer pressure. Yeah, because I was sitting there, I'm just like, it's gonna be Bell or Truex. What are you gonna do? Bell got longer first, and I bit, and I got bit. So, I mean, I didn't have a terrible day. I I went well, I went down six units, but could have been worse. That's bad, yeah. but it's not. I mean, I've doubled that a couple times this year, I think, on L's. So. Oh, primarily thanks to rain, but yeah. no, I think um, I'm just happy to leave there with a positive weekend because Sunday's tough, not 
nobody wants to bet that favorite at that price. And you're kind of left with, with what you have, right? Like I had a lot of bets before practice of qualifying or a lot of bets, but for smaller units, I had priest and Briscoe top five for 0.75 units a piece. That's, that was too much. That was too much. They both went in the opposite direction where I could have got them at a way better price. So those are the two bets I regret, plus Priest over Busher. If not for all that, good, really, really good weekend because Brad yeah. K came through. But um it was definitely happy. a prop bet weekend. It was it was a big prop betting weekend. And like and I, I started out like the weekend before like I got lazy with getting my picks in and really studying the book. Like and I was thinking, I was like, this is gonna be a good prop weekend. Like you cause you know that like these guys are quick. They definitely have the ability to win go outside the box and do some other shit. Well, I didn't do that. What What's hilarious to me though, is like, I feel like the, the majority of people that did bet on Martin Trex Jr. still had kind of a shit day. Cause it's like, you can't really feel good about that. I don't know how other people feel. I never feel good if I bet on the favorite and then the favorite wins. It just doesn't feel good. And Hammonds, uh, our boy Hammonds from the discoid, discoid, Good God. I've been watching. I don't it. care if it feels good. It's it's about profit, man. It's it is about, about profit. profit for sure. It just doesn't feel good. I mean, if you if you make money, great. That's good. But I mean, let's be honest, like if you sprinkled around a good bit, like you would have really had to like, set it up correctly for you to like have like a big day. I don't know how many people had big days. Like I said, I'm always going for that 12 unit swing. So it's like for me, it's, it's like whatever if i lose out to this guy it's like i'll take this l i'll come back stronger next week but like hammonds was talking about how he had bet on martin truex jr early in the week and then during the race he just got swamped with live bets and then it, it hit it up like make it like i don't know 20 bucks or something like that like and he was he would have been set up to do way better so it was just one of those weekends where it's just like you saw truex and it's like you either pulled the trigger and you went all in or you didn't and uh, you'll have those every now and then in NASCAR. It's just how it goes. I had a $150 bet typed in on the kiosk, and that would have netted uh, at plus 450, 540. Is that right? Hold on. Yeah, I mean, it's still a win. And I'm still in the green for the season, so I'm not tripping. Like, I mean, oh, I'm I, sorry. I, no, that was 675. Okay. So I would have had a big day if I had pulled that trigger along with everything else I had. Gains. Would have been a big swing, so. Yeah, that's how you diversify that portfolio, baby. And then, too, yeah, you, I know you gave your shout-out to, like, Sammy Smith, John Hunter, Nemechek. Uh, what was the T in the Xfinity race? What was the T? Uh, Cust I guess Custer and Creed wrecking on the final lap, which helped me win, you know, ultimately is what decided my weekend being positive. That's um, disgusting, dude. That's just like that's just like two dudes. Like just most people there. were on the bad side of that. Like a lot of people had Creed top three or top five, or Custer top three, uh, or top five, and lost out because of that. That was a really bad swing. I feel like for most people in our community, that fucked a lot of people's days up. Yeah. Um, and I and I gotta say, I, I really feel like I nailed the Tanhart Triple Crown parlay this week. And it lost because Erickson and the IndyCar race at Toronto ran out of gas on the final lap. He was oh the top five. Yeah, that would have been a that was an an eighteen to one parlay, and that would have you know that would have been nice. That would have been real nice. It would have 
How about reinforce a better weekend? Though, huh? Big, big. Yeah. Big what were they? Yeah, I mean, he's been odds were for him. Uh, opening, I think he was. No, I, I could be so wrong here. I can't remember if he was like thirty to one or like twelve to one. Fuck. But he, either way, like, yeah, if you got that before, good payout. But I think uh, you know Christian Lundgaard has knocked on the door of being really close at the at some of these road course races. Yeah. So. He went out there and got the pole in wet conditions and just, just masterclass dominated the field in that race uh, and in totally different conditions from what they qualified in. So, yeah, big shout out over there on the IndyCar side to him. And Ray Hall, Lanigan back in victory lane is a big deal too. Good for the series to see Bobby Ray Hall get it, get back in the, in the winning circle. So David Letterman is part of that team, right? Yeah, I think he still has a small part in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, he he gave a little. So yeah, he's still in there. I think that's all that really matters. He's. I don't think his stake is as big as it used to be. Um, mm. but he he's he's there. He's there. Okay. You said landing. You said you said Ray Hall landing, and I was just like, "Fuck, dude! If there's no Letterman on that, I don't know where the fuck I got that from." <laughs> no. He, yeah. 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 No. He he's uh um. I think the the actual pronunciation is Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan. Yeah, that's I mean, just, that's a mouthful for a race team, dude. That's yeah, it, it it is. But I, and the Lanigan, I think, is when Letterman David Letterman sold a little bit of his ownership or something it makes not sense. too long ago. Well, that's good. I mean, all around, just a great weekend in motorsports and. You know, you uh, you before we dive into some of these odds for the race at Pocono this weekend, you did make a statement when we were talking back about SRX, like Tony Stewart really working hard to kind of change the narrative and game. I did want to bring up, I did a little bit of research and talked about uh, the Eldora Kings Royale, which is a World of Outlaws race on the Garage Guys Report. And when Donnie Schatz won the race, like he he was there, he was like, it felt old school. And, like, you can hear Tony say, like, yeah, we're bringing that back now. Like, and just hear him say that to a guy that just won 175K at, like, this big event, like, which is basically the fucking uh, Renaissance Festival of Races because of the way Victory Lane set up and everything. They they joust there, which is insane. But uh, to hear Tony say that was really cool. So I just wanted to, to make sure that I said that before we move forward. And then going into Pocono, have you heard the news about Ty Dillon? This weekend, what? no, no. What? I Dylan is uh is supposedly running the three car at Pocono this weekend. Oh, oh, I knew that. Yeah, I saw the entry list. I thought something else happened. Shit, the way you, dude, the way you sat, the way you said that made me think you like went to jail. I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I saw the entry list. He's in the RCR number three, it and just, you got Chase, Chase Elliott's in the seventeen. Um, you've got a lot of double dippers and Xfinity and trucks this weekend. That's that's good to know. So it's good to know that we got some uh, some cup guys are going to be running the Xfinity that maybe you know getting a little bit more track time. I know that Chase Elliott won under a, you know different circumstances last year. Maybe he's trying to get it. Elliott's the only cup guy other than Ty in the Xfinity race, I think. Yeah, he's got he he's got they got to get a win soon, man. They it's got to come. I was I was reading something earlier today. I think it's like six more races, you know. So it's like. Well, I I agree with Dale Jr. Now I think the window is closed for him to get in on points, and and I don't know what Dale. I think Dale Jr. just I can't remember what he said. Um, but when you look at the guys around the cut line talking about the playoff picture, 
these guys have been really, or some of them, they've been consistent enough where they're earning a considerable amount of points to the point where I think that prevents someone like Cindric, who's 22nd in points, 51 back. Haley, who's 46 back. Chase Elliott, who's 60 back. These guys like Almendinger and McDowell and Bubba Wallace are consistently running well, right? Like sometimes they're not getting the finishes from being involved in a wreck, like Bubba Wallace at Atlanta, but mm-hmm. McDowell running top 15 seems like every other week. Uh, Bubba Wallace at a lot of these tracks running top 10, running top 15. AJ Almendinger's got several road courses ahead to gain more points than he would typically gain on an oval. So, I think um I think the window's closed on Chase Elliott. I think I agree with uh what I think that that was what Dale Jr. said at the end of that broadcast, but he's I think he's gonna have to win. I think he's definitely gonna have to win to make the playoffs. And I think the same thing about Alex Bowman because he's been less consistent than Chase since they both returned. Very true. And and I think I think that Allen and Chase both knew like there wasn't any other way, right? Like Chase is I feel like, yeah, like if you get in on points and you're Chase Elliott and you're that team, that's great. But like you know that you want to get in on the win. So I feel like they'll be able to, you know, we got some races coming up where he should be able to to figure it out, at least chisel out some better finishes. I know I think but you know I think the I think the race that he's gotta have penciled more than any other race is Watkins Glen because he went to the Glen last year and absolutely dominated and then lost it to a late race restart to Kyle Larson when he kind of bodied him, uh, locked the brakes up. So that's got to be the one that he's got circled that's like, I can go out here and fucking wax everybody compared to a lot of these ovals where they just have not had the speed to win. No, not at all. And it definitely, I don't know if it was just the highs and the lows of it too, but like seeing like Larson be able to just use his you know his abilities at the track this past weekend but the car just didn't have it so definitely wanting to look to see how that changes things up and i think that's a good segue because i you know we we said it last week you're probably not going to see kyle larson with odds this long anymore i'm looking at these odds right now for larson on caesars for the highpoint.com 400 at pocono he's uh seven to one to win at Pocono on Caesars seven to one on Barstool and FanDuel's odds have dropped. You can get him at seven to one there too. So I don't know uh, why I want that pain. I always remember him back to the one time where he let his tires explode and then lost right at the line when I loaded the fuck down on the dude. Uh, but a part of me feels like I might want to lean in that direction for uh, one of the favorites this week. It's probably going to be Larson at seven to one. I kind of, kind of think that it might be a Larson week. Yeah, he he's really really good at Pocono too. He has a great resume here, even when his uh, at some of his races with Chip Ganassi as well. I think um, since we're diving into this, Tyler Reddick, I think sticks out to me. Looking at. 17 to 1 on Barcel Sportsbook. I think that's a pretty good line for him. I also would consider Reddick for the poll, which on Caesars is 12 to 1. I think that's kind of surprising. Um on a poll winner or fastest qualifier is what it's labeled on under Caesars. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Blaney. I think Ryan Blaney is a good early guy to look at. Just considering 
that he's been fast everywhere, man. I mean, like like we said earlier, like he was probably the one guy that had comparable speed to Truex towards the end of that race. I think Kyle Larson did too. He just needed the track position um, and, and, and a long run where he had a shot at Truex. But Ryan Blaney, when we've seen the Fords struggle at some of these various racetracks, Blaney has been the one Ford that seems like he's had speed everywhere we go. Um, I think really the only play, uh, Sonoma, Blaney's hit or miss on the road courses, but we're talking about ovals. Ryan Blaney and this 12 team has been, has had excellent speed and they won Charlotte, you know, they won Charlotte. And um, I think they found something on the mile and a half that really helped them and could help in this case at Pocono. Remember his first career win was, at Pocono in 2017 with the Wood Brothers. So I think Ryan Blaney sitting at 12 to one is a, is a good price to maybe grab him. A guy that I think is going to qualify. Well, another guy, as I said, with Reddick, who I think it has a good shot at winning the pole too. So I think the wild card here, you know, the books are obsessed with Toyota right now. That's what we're, we're seeing. And especially with Truex's dominance, Coupled with how good Toyota was here last year with Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch finishing first and second, you know, regardless, they did get disqualified, but they still had the two fastest cars. Um, and with Truex winning New Hampshire, that we're obsessed with Toyota right now in the sports books. So the obsession with Toyota and Truex is is giving us some opportunity with a Kyle Larson at seven to one, which I think is a good price. Um considering where you typically see him on a mile and a half, or I know this isn't a mile and a half, but an intermediate style racetrack. Usually you see him as a favorite, a four to one, five to one, six to one favorite most of these times. So I think seven to one's okay. I'm going to wait on that um, because I think you could see somebody like a Blaney or a Redick emerge with a really good qualifying effort. Maybe a Chastain too, man. I mean, think about Fontana, big track, I know it's not super comparable, but speed is speed. And Ross Chastain had one of the best cars at Fontana. Had a great car at Pocono last year. Remember, Denny Hamlin revenge race. He put him in the wall in one of those late race restarts battling for the win. So I like Chastain as well. I think if I had three guys, just to sum up, Chastain sitting at 12 to 1 has my eye. Blaney at 12 to 1 has my eye. And Reddick at 17 to 1 also has my eye. So. I think that's kind of the three guys I'm looking at before we get into some actual track time. I like that. One one guy that I'm looking at to possibly just kind of take as a as a dart throw to win is a guy that's been kind of quiet. We haven't really seen, you know, the best racing out of him as of late. However, when you go to Pocono with this fella, uh he, he seems to have a, a decent uh, record as of late uh when you look at last year's race i think he finished what third here um and then before that back in 2021 going to the days of the old car it doesn't really matter but for him to start ninth finish third daniel suarez uh at 30 to 1 on FanDuel. i'm looking over here now on caesars to see where he's at if he's any better it's still 30 to 1 there and then on barstool i'm sure he's probably uh, 28 he's to 1 so I I might I might look at some some Suarez action this weekend. I think that it would be a good time for a sneaky surprise, uh, something like that happening. Um, also, you you talked about Austin Dillon being able to carve out a top ten this last week. It might not be a bad week to look 
at at seeing what his odds are going to be. I think he's plus two fifty uh, for a top ten on Caesars right now, which is low. Maybe he'll have a bad qualifying run, but it does look like Austin Dillon's record isn't the worst here. Uh, I I do see that he finished tenth at this race last year, thirteenth the year before. So it looks like with the cross between the two different cars, like he was still finding a way. Maybe it's more a little more driver talent looking there. So might be good to kind of keep rolling on that, but. Yeah, so far, I think all I'm really down to talk about is uh, anything that I would lean on early would probably be the uh, the Larson and the Suarez. Uh, so I do think Chevrolet is going to have a bounce back week. Um, I do like Chevy this weekend. If you're into betting manufacturers and things like that, I know Barstool Sportsbook has changed things up. They've got their nice little plot down here, Chevrolet at uh, plus 120, so... Toyota trailing them at plus 130, so it looks like they're uh, they're neck and neck kind of. Uh, so I don't mind that. But I do like what you had to say about the Fords and stuff too with Blaney. I mean, Blaney did get his first win at this track in the Wood Brothers 21 car. Would be cool to see him return to that. I bet on him as my only play last year uh, at this track when we were in Iowa, and it did not pan out at all. That was oh, I think he crashed, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. That was one I like. I do remember that. Yeah, we were sitting in the RV. Yeah, we were sitting in the RV talking about it, and I did that Photoshop with like the Egyptians and the Anunnakis and shit that the 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 one shot wonder mystery boy has has been been found and sent back to depths of hell. I don't even know what the fuck I was saying at the time. I was wilding out. It was hot out there in Iowa. But yeah, uh, this was a good weekend for me last year. I think I that Sunday I hit. I think I had New Garden and I had Denny, yeah, and I had Denny on Barstool, who doesn't recognize disqualifications in their betting outcomes. So some people lost. Like if you bet on Denny on Caesars, I think you would have lost when he got DQ'd. If you bet on him at DraftKings, okay, I think I remember. I think there was one guy. I think it was someone in our Discord that bet on Denny and Chase Elliott outright, and Ooh. DraftKings cashed them both. That's beautiful. That's, I think I remember that now. That's the energy we need. Let Pocono be the race where whoever wins gets DQ'd, so one and two get there, like, and just don't Quinella that shit. Just double payout all the way. Yeah. You know, I, I, real quick, a couple underdog guys that might have my eye. Alex Bowman did win a race here. It was when Kyle Larson blew that blew that tire in 2021. On that race. Um, but last four finishes for Alex Bowman – um ninth first seventh and 11th so this has been a track where alex bowman over the last three years has actually developed a rhythm of finishing well so maybe that could be something to look at looking at alex bowman who as i've said in the discord the books just kind of feel like they've given up on him right i mean he fuck i mean he closed last week at like 75 to one after qualifying, which is absurd. You would think for a Hendrick guy, uh, but like we mentioned it talking about the playoff bubble with him and Elliot, you know, Bowman has not been consistent. You can get him at Caesars at 40 to one um, to win. And that's the best price I see because Barstool has him at 25 to one. So there's a decent discrepancy right there to start off the week or heading into the weekend. So I think Alex Bowman deserves an eye check it out just because he's had some good success here and, and has had some consistent success here 
So maybe this is a track that they might have penciled, you know, they might have on their calendar. Like, hey, we've been consistently good here over the past several years. So yeah, maybe some confidence there after, you know, a, another mediocre weekend at New Hampshire. Speaking of consistently good, I, I, I'm glad that you brought up, uh, you know, a couple more guys. I, I'm just going to talk about this one last guy. I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger yet, but I mean, the statistics, even though it is a different car, it just seems like it's a lot more driver talent based. And it, there's this weird thing going on here. Kevin Harvick is 16 to one at Pocono. His entire career, he has found, he he's finished inside the top five here, like almost every fucking race. And he'll have these spans of races where, like, he'll have, like, a, you know, 20th or worse finish. And he had one in 2019, and then he had one the last time we were here in 2022 where he finished 27th after starting 24th. All these other races, 6th, 1st, 2nd, 8th, 4th, going even back further than that, 4th, 4th, 2nd, 2nd, 4th, ninth. that's consistency. Maybe time to, to take a look at that. Maybe time to 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 think about dabbling on that if you think that Ford is going to look good this week. Maybe look into, uh, you know, if you want to bet the outright, that's fine. The the odds for his top five and top ten are just not that great. Um, top five would probably be the bet that I would go for for more of a safer bet, but I still don't feel safe doing that because I feel like it's kind of all or nothing with him lately. Well, I think he was – I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was running top 10 in this race last year and was in that Chastain wreck. He was in one of the... There was a big pileup on one of those restarts. I think it was a Denny Hamlin putting Chastain in the wall, and I think he was involved in that, and that's why he finished 27th. But it remember, he, he finished won- the race running, so that's why I didn't... I couldn't remember exactly what was. I think he was... Yeah, I definitely think he received damage from something, but you know, he won Michigan, which is... You know, it's hard to find a comparison to Pocono if there's, you know, a track that you could throw in that category because it used to be Indy. Used to have a lot of correlation from Pocono to Indy. And they were also, like, right next to each other on the schedule. So guys that were good at Pocono a lot of times were really good at Indy as well. Don't have that right now. I think the Brickyard will be back next year. But for sample size, like, who gives a fuck? Michigan could be the one track that you could look at as maybe – uh, a correlating racetrack and you know last year denny hamlin won at pocono or i'm sorry yeah he did win at pocono but was dq'd and then he was also really good at michigan too so kevin harvick won at michigan last year and mm-hmm. i think he had top he had borderline top five speed at, at at pocono as well and i know he won michigan through strategy but i think he was a good he was a front runner during that race at least up in the top five top ten but I like this after that one too. So this is kind of like his hot zone of the year. Like the dog days of summer for Kevin were pretty good to him last year for a couple of weeks. So it might be time to Maybe. break up the Harvick talismans again. Yeah, I don't mind the I don't mind the Suarez one either. If it's kind of a point where last year it seemed like Suarez Suarez was really good at almost every single mile and a half. This year has been a little bit different. They've had they've made a lot more mistakes. Uh, especially Daniel behind the behind the wheel has made a lot of mistakes. That's put them in a spot where, you know, they're right on the border of not making the playoffs while while Ross Chastain is, you know, perfectly fine uh, with a win and and racked up a lot of points. But if Ross is going to be fast, you got to think that Daniel Suarez will have some speed too. Especially when he was good here last year, he was good at Michigan. 
I think he he wrecked at Fon. No, Fontana last year. He was also good. He, re- he ran up in the top five. It was Ross that wrecked at Fontana in 2022 but it's been a different year it's been a worse year for daniel suarez so he's on that bubble where they got to make something happen they got to make something happen and um i gotta believe i gotta believe if ross is fast like he was at fontana where he finished second and daniel suarez finished fourth maybe they're maybe they they're both fast again and maybe that could that could uh that could bode well for you placing a, a bet on 30 to one for Mr. Daniel Suarez. For sure. I, I'm liking that one out of all the leans so far, uh, more than the other ones, just because of the long odds. But you know, I've think- taken a two I've taken a two week break on qualifying. Good. I think I'm gonna bet qualifying this week. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just looking at this and I have have a good feeling about these these odds. I do. The itch, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like I stopped doing. I was like, I, I keep reminding myself, like I, I'm lying to myself by saying it's for suckers and chumps, and like I'm in my brain. I'm like, I kind of want to bet on this right now. Like that. I'm just trying to keep myself away from it, you know. So I'm trying to. Well, like, I'm pissed because. I mean, I, I wouldn't have won last week. I, I said on Dale Center, I was probably gonna bet on Priest and Briscoe for the poll. Ended up not doing it, and thank God. But I think. um I, I had a hypothetical card if I had gone to the casino and bet the week prior at Atlanta. And uh, was it Almirola that got the poll? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Almirola was one of my – and my hypothetical betting card. Discord was asking, hey, do you, you have a betting card for qualifying? What are we doing? Said, I don't, but here's what I would have bet. And I sent the allocations I had written down in case I walked over to the casino and, and bet. And Almirola was one of my top plays, so that was cool. I feel like you you should track like I feel like you'll you'll actually profit tracking like the bets that didn't hit that you would have bet. Like you'll be more profitable just tracking that because it's like you know you will get some every now and then that kind of like slide through with qualifying. That's the luck that I've had with it. I'll say, but I I feel like you, you end up saving more money. So it's like reverse tracking, you know. Like do the hypotheticals and see what goes down. Or yeah, just, well that's that's yeah. living off of a coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah, you don't want it to be that guy, you know. But it's no. fun for the for the back of the mind, you know, just to see like what would have been, even though it means nothing, absolutely nothing. That's how you cook regret, boys and girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I the last guy I will say, I, I I I hate his price, but he is priced appropriately. But I mean, Kyle Bush is going to be a factor. Kyle Bush has been phenomenal at Pocono. He's had fantastic speed with this package. Anything to, here's the big thing about Kyle Bush do not bet on him with this short track package. With the short track package, he has been terrible. That is the whole reason why I said fade Kyle Bush this weekend. Short track package, bad. Everything else, pretty damn good. Kyle Bush is going to be a factor this weekend. I just hope we can get something better than six to one. All right. Well, if that's all you got, that's all I had. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. We're going to have some more betting stuff out there for you throughout the week. Make sure that you tune in to Dale Center on Garage Guys YouTube uh, this Thursday to get all the inside look at all things motorsports betting. And then uh, we'll probably wrap it up uh, after practice and qualifying over the weekend with our uh, post P and Q 
uh, podcast. So be on the lookout for that one as well. The report is out right now. It's live. Thank you uh, for everybody taking the time to uh, hop in the, the premieres that we're putting up. And don't forget, 919-769-4477 is the number to call each week. Love the voicemail. It's been fun. We're, uh, we're getting close to our first uh, hotline report caller of the month for july we got a a tight race right now between uh brady from mississippi and hunter from arkansas so um so it's been really cool it's been heating up and uh so i appreciate that but other than that i'm excited i'm ready to go tricky triangle racing this weekend we're gonna win some fucking money We're, we're we're pushing out the magic mile there was nothing magical about it it was sorcery um you know and we're we're gonna get fat bags this weekend in the Pocono Mountains. Don't forget Thursday Night Thunder. I'm going to cook up a six-leg parlay before we – and I'll probably just tweet it, man. I'll tweet it out, and then we'll, we can do more on Dale Center for fun. But I'm going to do one, too. I'm going to do get one. Get your six-leggers ready, baby. The six-leg. I'll have to come up with, like, a catchy nickname for it. All right, well, that works. So get your six-leg parlays. Tweet at us. Let us know. You know, to follow me at Garage Guy Chase, you can follow Dale at Dale Tanhart everywhere that social media is uh, available on the internet. Uh, that's what you do. Follow us collectively at Garage Guys FS. This has been the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. Catch you next time. Have you checked out dailydownforce.com yet? If you haven't, I want you to go right now to DailyDownForce.com and get yourself some official Garage Guys merch. If you consider yourself a true, loyal Garage Fam member, then you're going to need to show it off to the world. You can buy yourself a Garage Guys rope hat, a Garage Guys trucker hat, an official Garage Guys t-shirt. And if you remember NASCAT from Auto Club... You can show how much you care by supporting NASCAR's Harambe, NASCAT. You can find betting articles each week from Dale Tanhart and NASCAR Titan Greg Mathern. It's got everything you need. DailyDownForce.com Now back to the podcast.